Welcome to These Are Good Days with Leanne Miller and Matt Barris and our third ever guest in the house, Miss Mrs. Sarah Reith. Yes. Yay. I'm so excited to be here, you guys. Longtime listener, in real life friend. Yes. We'll tell you all about her in a second. Sarah, you need to start thinking of your good day. And Leanne, I want to hear yours. Okay. My good day is recently. Oh, wait. You you know what you didn't do? What we what? forgot? Sarah threw us off. I want to hear your well, Matt. Well, Matt. Little sassy <laughs> pants over there. Well, Matt. We don't have to say how, where, why. Okay. But I'm so proud of you. You've, you have lost like 40 pounds. <laughs> I, I'm yes. S- that, you know what's the, I, the great part about doing a podcast? Nobody knows. Yeah, and but I kind of love it. Nobody knows. Nobody They're going to know. They're, They're never like, know. he looks chubby today. Why is he wearing black? Listen, Why is they, he wearing a Disney shirt listen, again? Listen, <laughs> if they followed you on Instagram, they would know. They would know. I, because I saw pictures of you recently at the pumpkin patch. And yeah. when I saw the picture, I was like, wow. You, well, I, it's because it's like my neck. I'm going to be real. It's just your neck. If your neck gets skinny, everybody thinks everything else is skinny. Well, listen. That's it. I'm proud of you. Well, thank good you. Good job. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. What's your good day? Okay, good day. Recently, our oldest son and his girlfriend MG moved to West Virginia. That's our right. son is Mount a mama. yes. Our son is a geologist, and he was living in Denver and moved to West Virginia. Bought the cutest little house. So cute. Yeah. And my good day was just the very first day he he drove us up in the driveway to show us. Aww, his new house and it and we walked the woods and he's a very much of an outdoorsy person as far as just the trees and the earth and the rocks and um and it was just it was just so mm, just felt so good to watch your kid yeah grown up like have something that he's and buy a house yes, what a yes. big boy yes i know right he is he's six five he is yeah, such a big boy crazy. yeah why did you um on instagram i noticed that you called it like winnie the pooh forest can yeah. you tell me more about that well you know i was just up in that forest just having all these memories of when he was little oh my gosh and are I, you gonna cry well i'm trying not to okay but i was having all these you memories can. of when he was little and i was like look at this like it yeah. felt like yesterday i was reading Winnie the Pooh. That's and right. Here we are standing in the little woodsy bot. In his so. house. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So tell me this. Did you and Daryl help him move? Um, yes, we did. So I, I don't want I our... am thirty eight, mm-hmm. as everyone knows, and we all know you are how 50, old is she, Sarah? Fifty five. She's fifty five. <laughs> uh Sarah knows. And here's my thing. I'm tired. I came at a place, and Teddy, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I this is not meant to offend you. <laughs> I got to a place probably around thirty five. Where I would rather donate money to a friend to hire movers than be a part of the moving process. Because listen, you know, I worked at a church. I've been in small groups. You helped everybody move. Everybody's Mm -hmm. like, help me move. Help me move. And I'll buy you pizza. But like, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm so tired now. And now I'm like, now Teddy, he does get a little bit of a free pass because he's a youngin. But like 35 year olds. Ooh, I don't know. It's time to hire movers. Yeah. Do we have do we have agree or disagree yeah. on yeah. this? Yeah. It's time. Yeah. He's he... like Pete's I can't I can't in good faith ask my, <laughs> my friends to help me move this whole home and well, be like, here's pizza. You Thanks. know, I have to say, you know, he's twenty eight. This was probably I would say this was one of his biggest moves. And yeah, he's not just moving like a college dorm room. And the yeah. first night that we were there, we went out to dinner with some of their well, MG has a friend that 
that moved there as well. Mm-hmm. And her boyfriend, we went to dinner and her boyfriend said, so what time are we starting in the morning? And I could have hugged and kissed that boy. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. wait, what? And he's like, oh, what time are we start in the morning? 6 a.m. Him, he and Daryl started. Awesome. And just such a, such a kindness. I mean, yeah. that is just being such that is, a serving a good, good friend. friend. And, you know, the first night, oh, my gosh. I laid in bed and I was like, oh, my feet hurt. <laughs> um, but it was good. It was the all good. Mayor, she ain't what she I used she, to be. You know? I'm just a shell of what I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> We've talked about my vasectomy. Someday we're gonna to have to talk about oh, your. I'm just a shell. <laughs> my hysterectomy. I, 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 it was, it was a great weekend though. It was yeah. such a cool thing. What's your good day? Let's okay, move. Let's move along. <laughs> here's my good day. This just happened. So at our kids' school, coming up the week leading up to Halloween, is like these dress up days, and I am not a teacher anymore. But I was a teacher. I taught first grade. And um, one of the days is dress up like your favorite teacher. And my son Fitz came home and he said, Dad, I'm going to dress up like you for dress up as my favorite teacher day. Did he wear Mickey Mouse ears? It hasn't happened yet. (laughs) We have yet to put the ensemble together. Um, But I just thought that was so sweet. So sweet. I'm sure both of you have had those moments where your kids either repeat something you say or emulate or reflect something back to you that you're like, oh, I just could melt in your arms yes. it was one of those yeah, moments where right. he's like dad i want to dress up like you and it was just precious and so it precious. wasn't a day necessarily it was literally a like a minute mm-hmm. or less moment but i'm gonna remember that for a really long time yeah just squeezes my heart you have to wait and see if it executes well to know whether it was a compliment <laughs> that's true though, right that's true if it's bad execution it's uh, you know what if honestly if he says i'm gonna wear disney shirts and wear a fanny pack i'm i support that yeah, yeah i'll take I, that i'm sure you would. although i don't how dare you <laughs> although i don't dress up like that for school but he'll probably wear a plaid shirt and a belt yeah so yeah well yeah, i wear more good. than just those two yeah <laughs> but you know right. sarah how about your good day oh man <laughs> Uh, you know, my, my recent good day, I don't, I don't know if I, I hear Leanne that, that you love a thrift and I'm a thrifty. Yes. Right? I love to thrift. And it's, she's a swifty seasons. and a thrifty. Me too. Mm. You're both. It's the era that we're in. Right? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, good you one. That? You see that. <laughs> so, you know, it's feast or famine sometimes. Right. Right. But fair. I do love me a good Saturday frontique, you know, mm, rendezvous. Yes. And so frontique, if you're listening. Ooh, good yes, one. Sarah. Good one, Sarah. Sarah. I love frontique. Coming in with the first bell of the. <laughs> episode i love it frantique is great because it also supports the hospice store yes. yeah, right yeah. and so that's lovely so we always go in what happened this past saturday Ooh. and this is you know for anybody who's listening this is still this could be you this could be your best day right <laughs> because i went down into the the little lady section and i love me a good ladies vintage skirt i was on yeah. the hunt like what what is going to be there and i wandered into the boot section and some queen has just <laughs> unsheathed her boot collection into the frontique wow. and i am saying they're made well and coach what and uh wow. ding- like all, who is she? i don't know who she is but she's my best friend <laughs> because i got me some boots but i could not squeeze my little stepsister foot into the oh. six and a half and sixes and so they're all still and they're like ten dollars. Friends, and I got if you're high, local and you have local. a six or six and a half, <laughs> yes. go go get those coach boots. Go to Frentique. That's it, incredible. It was amazing. Oh. Did hey. you find anything that you had to take home with you? Though? Well, I got six pairs of boots. 
Oh, yeah. She had a range. She had a size. So it wasn't range. just sixes. It was six. That was an accident. Yeah, that's okay. Sorry. It, that's how I felt inside. It was like the bells, <laughs> and it just. I was. I had some adrenaline going. Yeah. I had six pairs, and it was like a boot bouquet. That's yeah. amazing. Oh, that's and amazing. I guarded it while we were that's shopping. Don't touch day. my boot bouquet. Yeah. Those are mine. Sixty bucks for six pairs of boots. That is. That is wow. a good day. That's yeah. a really good. That's day. a really good, that's day. A good one. Is this a family activity for you? Uh, or is this like a you do it by yourself? No, or you my and husband, your husband goes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Daryl would die. <laughs> Daryl would be like, "Why, why do we want everybody else's stuff?" Yeah, Daryl would be like, That's "So funny." Go ahead and drive a stake through my knee before I want to go thrifting <laughs> with Leanne. But he did go to a little festival with me recently when we were in West Virginia. I mean, I mean, it was. Like, I mean, it's a West Virginia. And, and it well, was, and it was two dream. aisles, you know, and there yeah, was yeah. tools there, so whatever. Yeah, that's anyway. funny. So here's what I know about your husband too: mm-hmm. is your husband has a shoe thing. He does. He so you guys shoe. have. Yeah, I guess he, but he's do. like a. Is it fair to say he's like an Air Jordan Nike, like yeah. bright, colorful kind of mm. like right. basketball shoes? Yeah. So you guys might have. Do you have a big shoe collection in your home? You know, we kind of do. Yeah. yeah, there's a shoe room. There's Our, a shoe room. A shoe room. That's impressive. Very impressive. We might need to get into that sometime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we might need a picture of the shoe room. <laughs> exactly. Hey, well, we um, have, Sarah, you are our third guest mm-hmm. ever, and we are so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah, we've been friends for quite a while, mm-hmm. um, but Sarah, I'll let you tell your own story, but what Sarah does currently is she is the executive director of a nonprofit named O'Huddle, where I am on the board of... Uh, I've been for three years and it's such an incredible, it's an incredible organization and I can let you talk about that as well. But can you tell us a little bit about your schooling, your background, your expertise um, and what job that landed you in? And then we can go go from from there. there. Yeah. 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 So uh, I'm a psychologist by trade. So a school psychologist before I worked in school psychology, I worked uh, in clinical. So I worked in the lockdown inpatient psychiatric unit in uh, Minot, North Dakota. I was an administrator doing their programming up there. Uh, I worked in pharmaceutical trials with GlaxoSmithKline, and I worked at the Cleveland Clinic Center for Autism. So uh, O'Huddle, the nonprofit, uh, which is a mentor organization in our schools, started uh, when I was the school psychologist um, here at the local schools. And uh, I really feel like I was able to kind of dovetail a lot of those other experiences Mm -hmm. into building it. So that's been really neat. Is it fair to say this? So when you were, a, I love this because I'm in education, but when you were a school psychologist, I've heard you tell this story probably 20 times, but when you were a school psychologist, you were sitting um, in meetings where teachers would come to you with problems. Yeah. So the kid is experiencing this and not nine times out of 10, but more frequently than not, the research would say a mentorship relationship would help this student with some behaviors that we're mm. seeing exhibit at school. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah, that's right. So that's really the birth of mm. O'Huddle was your saying, hey, let's look at the research. Do we need, we don't need more worksheets. We don't need more, After you know, school. sit out of yeah, recess right. and yeah. write, I love school 500 times. That's not what we need. What we actually need is more adults building into kids. Yeah. Um, and so that was birthed a nonprofit that now serves how many kids in our county? Yeah, we're over 600 kids serving. 600 kids served by a really resilient staff of women, fully women. women. Fully, 17 women. And all volunteers that come in. So my mom comes into two different school districts and mentors kids 
once a so week. So when you say serve 600 kids, does that mean all 600 kids have mentors? That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's one incredible. to one. Yeah, that's and incredible. Oh, some mentors, probably Certain. a lot, have more yeah. than just one student that they serve. Well, so and it's adults. And what I love about Sarah, too, something that she's done really well with is working with corporations to say, hey, we think this is important. This We know that you have services of value and we know we want to build into the community. So mm-hmm. can we link up as a nonprofit and as a corporation mm-hmm. where you allow your employees to leave during the work oh, day to right. go mentor students? Yeah, and there's great. a lot of corporations in our county that, that have doing allowed that. Mm-hmm. their um, that's employees awesome. to do that. That's awesome. Pretty cool. That's so good. You know, we're, okay, we are toward the beginning of school still. Like we are still. Oh, wait, can I say something before you start asking your questions? So I have have lots of questions. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I mean, listen, we talk about having like professional counselors or psychologists or psychiatrists here here. and we have one here. So I have, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to ask these questions. There's so many things we could talk about with Sarah. We have talked about mentoring before and we talked about, do we talk about that? But really, um, Leanne wanted to bring the idea. It's, it's funny because you don't have a school background and you don't have a psychology background. So when you were asking your questions, I was like, Ooh, that sounds a lot like resiliency. And so that's like a school word. That's like a psychology word. Um, but where that came from is experiences that you have with mm-hmm. people in your DMs or yes. your friends that yeah. are like, people the, are asking me this, people yeah. are asking me right that, now. or I know this situation with these people. Yeah. And so really where we want to um, focus our attention on today is the idea of resiliency. And so before you start asking some questions, Sarah, can you describe a little bit about how would you as a psychologist um, describe resiliency? What does that look like? For someone that doesn't know what that word means, Mm -hmm. what does that look like for you? Yeah, so, you know, the gauge of uh, how resilient are you is always about how can you recover from setback, right? Mm -hmm. So how are you leveraging your stamina? How are you taking, you know, your human capital and the resources you have to be able to overcome something challenging? And we all all have our seasons that are challenging, right? right? And so, um, you know, something that we talk a lot about in uh, child development is, is this, can this kid recover from setback? Mm -hmm. Yeah. How? So I'm sorry. I guess I'm going to ask the first question, even yeah. though you have yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. So I was when we ready, think Matt. of when we think of resiliency, and let's say there's someone listening that grew up with pretty healthy parents that has really good attachments. Pretty. What are the things that if we could like zoom in on a family, what are those things that parents do in child development with their young students Mm -hmm. what are those little habits that maybe you know leanne and i do with our kids that we don't know are building resiliency what are those things because a lot of people don't know what they are until someone says when you do this that's what this is Mm -hmm. like what are those things yeah, you know, I, I think uh, what's really interesting is what drew me to the field of psychology is the the patterning of things mm-hmm. and the ability mm-hmm. to be able to say, you know, here's a format and here's a way that we can look at, uh, you know, this systemically. And so, you know, when you're looking at resilience and uh, the ability to be successful as an adult, um, you're also looking at asset development. And mm-hmm. so as a uh, organization, a lot of what we've, you know, moved our um, work, uh, our evidence-based practice for mentorship around has been what's called the 40 developmental assets. And so as a parent, if you're looking at this, you know, evidence-based 50 years worth of research, 89,000 people studied list of these 40 things can cultivate resilience in your child, you're looking at things like, um, you know, do I have a caring neighborhood? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do I have healthy family communication? Do we have reading for pleasure at home? Do we Mm -hmm. have a sense of what responsibility looks like at home? Uh, When we are, you know, engaging, is that in um, some kind of youth program 
program or church community, right? Because all those things together inform, you know, how can you solve problems? How can you take things into perspective? How can you use your relative strengths to be able to overcome strife? And, you know, you and I were born, all of us were born into a family of origin that we did not choose, right? Right. You were born with, you know, nature nurture. You had, uh, you know, innate parts of yourself that, uh, you know, were genetic. And then you were born into this community and to this group of people that you did not choose. And so some kids were were born with, um, you know, I heard somebody say the other day, I was born on third base, right? And sometimes Mm -hmm. you just have that leg up on being Mm -hmm. able to develop resilience because you have the right people around you communicating it well and explaining it and uh, being able to give you room to grow in that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that you can't have stakeholdership at any point in life and at any juncture that can build that resilience. And so it's a little bit like a muscle. And, you know, we want to be able to get, you know, a, I think of it more as as kind of like a a dial. You want to move the dial up mm-hmm. um to mm-hmm. the next degree so that you can grow that over time mm, that's really good. yeah that's really good okay so leanne you have some burning questions yeah i do okay so we're still at the kind of toward the beginning of the school year and i remember when our son was in junior high i was i was taking him to school at the beginning of junior high and he was going from a small elementary school to a bigger junior high. And I remember he said to me, this is going to be the best year of my life. And it wasn't. What a sweet memory. No, it wasn't. Oh, it It was not. I mean, he thought it was going to be, but it wasn't. And he started having some anxiety about going to school. He didn't want to eat in the morning. He didn't want to go to school. And, and I have, I have people in my life right now, or I even have people I know whose kids are, nervous. They're, they're showing signs of just anxiety and nerves about school and maybe even some fear, maybe some, you know, they don't want to eat, you know, what are some things that we can do as parents and these, and you know, and this doesn't have to be a struggling family. This can be a family that, you know, this can be, (laughs) yeah, this can be you and Mallory. You have, you have a child in junior high all of a sudden who's, who's anxious and doesn't want to go to school and not eating and what are some things we can do to help overcome some of that anxiety with with school and even just going to a function even that's got a bunch of people you don't know or whatever? I think what's really hard about being a kid is understanding locus of control and understanding, you know, here are the things that, you know, as a kid, especially a middle schooler can't drive and, you know, can't make many of the decisions that, you know, we would make as an adult. And they've inherited, you know, going to this space that they that maybe is not self-chosen and that feels really different from mm-hmm. what it was formerly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, you know, what can we do to foster self con- a sense of uh, control in environments, right? Yeah. Um, how can we look at the next thing? You know, when you're when you're working with a, a really little kid, when you're working with a kindergartner who doesn't want to transition, for example, um, we talk a little bit about what's the token for transition. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't want to do this. How can I use a little bit of temptation bundling um, to have a small thing that I do want to do that is going to get me to that next leg of that thing I have to do? Okay. And so giving a little bit of control of that to a middle school student, being able to well communicate um, 
you're feeling this way, let's identify the real why. Let's talk about what you have control over in that situation. And also, how do we reframe how you're looking at this, right? Like you're dreading this whole day. You're dreading all of these things relative to it. How do I reframe um, what this is and what it isn't so that it can help navigate you to a point of success as you're getting through the door? Mm -hmm. And that looks different for every kid, right? Because some kids are really metacognitive and they're able to navigate through that. Some kids are just very emotional um, and have kind of that as leading where they're going. And so what's, what's metacognitive? So you're thinking about how you think. Yeah. If you're metacognitive, do you Teddy. know? Oh, yeah. yes. Teddy's very, in- he thinks about how he's thinking about everything. Yes. And how yeah. somebody else is thinking and how that might, you know, inform the next step. You know what I was shocked by was, I'm going off on a tangent here That's a little okay. bit, but uh, do you tangents. know that some people do not have an inner monologue? Yeah. Sharon says so doesn't. Doesn't have an inner monologue. Yeah. Sharon says and Sharon says so doesn't. Oh, I, man, like I how, would love to like, turn mine off. No, I, I don't know how I could be that way. What's in there? Blank? Is it just blank? I don't know. There's nothing in there. And some people do not think in words and some people do not think in pictures. And some people, unless they're talking it out, don't. There's nothing. There's no thinking. And some, I, I, I saw an interview of a girl who went to Harvard and she said, yeah, this is my experience inside. And I'm this intelligent and, yeah. you know, like I'm high on the scale of, of so, IQ so, here. So there's nothing happening in there? There is no internal. <laughs> I just can't, you can't believe it. I can't believe it. <laughs> Your brain I have must conversations be... in there. Yeah. I have like and thoughts one-sided and pictures conversations and that usually end in doom and gloom. Thoughts of the future. So all I'd of love it. to turn yeah. that one off. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So what does it look like if you, what I, what I heard you say is help them see what they can control mm. and reframe. Reframe. So let's say I am, can we do a little bit of like a case study Okay. just to give an example? Yeah. So let's say I am a middle school boy, not that this ever happened to me, wink, wink. <laughs> um, I'm a middle school boy and I haven't found my friend group at lunch yet. So mm-hmm. all the schools came together. And I don't know who I'm sitting with at lunch mm-hmm. and I don't want to go to lunch. Mm-hmm. What what does it look like to show control and reframe that situation for your kid? Yeah. So I think it's about dress rehearsing it with the kid. Mm-hmm. It says, like, mm-hmm. listen, yeah, this is the outcome we want. You're new. Everybody's been new sometimes. And so what's our path to this? And so, you know, is it you're talking to somebody ahead of time and saying, oh, it's third period. Hey, do you mind if I sit with you at lunch? What time mm-hmm. are you going over? Or is it, hey, I think you are going to join this, you know, team or group of, you know, things that you're interested in. That's going to get you that friend group that gives you a familiar face to sit with at that. Yeah. You know, how do we look at the elements of setting that up for success? And then you choose from that. Do you want to go talk to the school counselor about who else is interested in these things? Do you want, you know, an introduction? Do you want to show up at a group and then make a friend that way? What are the choices that you have that Mm -hmm. you want to pull from that are going to result in the end outcome that you're really looking for? And that's an adult skill too, right? Like I, when I'm going to a a board, you know, meeting or when I'm going to a gala for something, I call up who I know is going. I'm saying, hey. I'm sitting with you. You, you okay yeah. with that? You know, we do that at meetings we sometimes do. that we Absolutely. both go yeah. to. Where you I'm know, like, are you going today? That's right. Save me a seat. I was at a function recently where I knew no one but one person. Yeah, and everybody at that function knew each other. Like, and they came like together in mm-hmm. twos or threes or whatever. I have not been in a setting like that for a long time, yeah. and I felt so awkward and like 55 and I'm 55 <laughs> and and I was standing on this back porch and this 
this girl comes through. She's probably in her twenties and looks right at me and says, hi, she's like, I don't think I've met you. And, and just, and I thought, wow, the importance of that person Mm -hmm. in a setting like that, when someone is new is just a treasure. Yes. Yeah. And then well, it I think reminds you to do that for other people. Right. Yes. Right? When you experience that, I think that's what's valuable about the kids' experience is, guess what? This thing that you're feeling, somebody else feels that. And mm-hmm. so what's the bridge that somebody gave you that you can then offer to others? And right. that gives control too. I think that's the dirty part about junior high is you think everyone's fine, but nobody's fine. Nobody's fine. fine. It's <laughs> Everyone feels like that. We're all awkward. That's okay. Right. <laughs> Here is my second question. Because I know soon we're going to probably be running out of time because this is going this is going to go so fast. What do you think is some of the biggest questions that are being asked of kids? Like, what is what are some of the things that kids are facing right now that we as parents might not even be aware of? You know, I, I can remember um, when our boys were in school, they would come home with different topics and I'd be like, what? You know, so what are some of the things that you're seeing that you're like, parents should be aware Mm. that these things are happening and educate themselves on, on those things Mm -hmm. so they can have conversations with their kids. This is a good Mm. question. What what are some of those things? Yeah. You know, I, uh, to give an exhausted list, I think, I think we'd be here all night for sure. And it it really depends on the community. It depends on the school Mm, community and the school Mm -hmm. culture. But I do notice that, you know, what feels really different from, uh, you know, the, the timeline when, when I was growing up and when I was a middle schooler or a high schooler versus now is the rapid change of technology and how quickly the social structure can crumble on the basis of, you know, mm. a text or a tweet or a innuendo mm. that is passing outside of school hours. Um, I think that how to navigate that and how to make sure that, uh, you know, it used to be that if a kid's interacting with you, they're doing that face to face. And now there is so much anonymity to it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. how you get ahead of that and how as a parent you help to navigate it while also putting uh, some limitations and some boundaries around how you're using technology is just uncharted territories. Mm-hmm. And so I think that a lot of the challenges, whether it be, you know, we, we're kind of in this vaping season now and we've got, you know, right. cutting is, is you know, we're, we have so much more awareness around uh, that as a um, kind of a a behavioral symptom than we ever did in the past. Uh, But there is really just a navigation that happens and makes everything feel really rapid fire and quick because of how technology expedites any one of those situations. Well, yeah, because people can take a video or a picture and then within 10 minutes, everybody in school knows about it. That's right. Actually, you know what's interesting is when you were talking about student things happening overnight like with students right 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 and then kids coming back to school there's actually new legislation for schools that's coming out about how to help mm-hmm. with bullying that happens outside of the school day and how much it affects the school mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. and law it's interesting to me that it, lawmakers are actually kind of reframing some of our responsibilities mm-hmm. as school personnel to say how do we keep kids safe we can't keep them safe outside of school yeah. but if it does bleed into the school day and affect the school day what what's our responsibility mm-hmm. to help yeah, that's keep good. school a safe place that's good. and so there's a new responsibility mm-hmm. dear teachers here's a new responsibility yeah. <laughs> right right that's right <laughs> um this happens all the time yeah. and that's an unfortunate part about public education is there's so many responsibilities given mm-hmm. to teachers but there's a new, here's a new one is how do we keep kids safe from all the outside 
bullying yeah, and things right, that happen overnight right. on social Online. media. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was, we were talking about this with somebody, um, with a friend, and I said, you know, when I was in school, I went to school and I had, I went to a pretty big high school. I graduated with almost 600 kids, uh, but I kind of had my like niche mm-hmm. of people. Um, and then I had, I had church and I had a part-time job yeah. and I had my family. Mm-hmm. And so when the people in any of those groups annoyed me, I got away from them mm-hmm. to another, dif- another mm-hmm. group. So for me, um, when school people and I felt like awkward at school, yeah. I felt really confident in my youth group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when I felt maybe like displaced in youth group, I had school or I had, um, I had a part-time job. I was a waiter in high yeah. school. And so I always had a place, you know, people talk about the third place. Mm-hmm. Um, I always had a place where I felt good. But kids, I think that the downfall of social media is you don't get away from it. Yeah, there's no So those big jerks at school, Mm -hmm. they will have contact with you socially or Mm -hmm. with your friends and Mm -hmm. say things about you that Mm -hmm. you don't see, but you find out Mm -hmm. through a text you get overnight. So there's no respite. Do (laughs) you feel like there uh, there is a section of parents or there's a section of kids that are kind of not doing social media as much? I think it is a growing uh, number of parents that are doing it. I think it's really hard to get away from it as kids because mm-hmm. even you know within your friend group, somebody always has access mm-hmm. and is showing exactly. it to you over your right. shoulder. Exactly. So um, I, I do see more intentional practice on that front, um, but you know it's pretty pervasive that you know technology is is used in so many different angles and facets that mm-hmm. it's it's really hard for a teenager to get away from it at this point okay what ages are your kids so i have a 13 year old and an 11 year old <sighs> do your kids have phones yet do not have phones yes. and and when do you I support this when do you but everybody's think, different wait, so grade, i'm not saying what grade are they what grade is that? Eighth grade and sixth grade. Okay, the eighth grader, are mm-hmm. they really wanting a phone? Really wants a phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Has because that been hard for you guys to I navigate? I think what's hard is is that uh, you don't want to, you know, create social divides, right? Yeah. Because that's how they're, you know, interacting and that's how they're inviting everybody right. over and then right. they're kind of feeling left out of the fray. So we've tried to get really creative around how do we do that uh, intentionally so that we're providing an access point, but we're also providing protection there. So how have you done it? Yeah, so... Uh, we are on a watch system. Um, we're about to, uh, my, my son won't listen to this podcast, so he's about to get a, an Apple watch for Christmas. Um, and, you know, that will allow to text and allow that communication, but we're putting Bark on it, which yeah. is protective software that, you know, it's he's such a high character kid that it's not even um, that we can't trust him. It's that we want to make sure that the interactive um, yes. environment that yes. he's with is yes. setting him up for success because... Right. You know, my my husband's a, a counselor. I'm a psychologist, and just we cannot abide by the research showing us so clearly that the developing brain is not ready for right. the access point yet um, of YouTube and just the stream of things that goes down right. into a rabbit hole of almost you know. Now, is Bark an app? Is that B A R K? B A R K. Okay, yeah, there's and, a couple of them out there, but and you can literally put that on your child's phone mm-hmm. to. It monitors and it sends you, uh, you know, kind of heads up as a parent. So mm-hmm. if a kid uses, um, you know, language that seems like it's suicidal in nature, it's going to give wow. you a, yeah. Wow. It's got a pretty good little AI system wow. around it. Yeah. And it'll, you know, block certain things, but also let you know, hey, kind of this is the, a website that it was kind of trending towards this. Be aware. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm not a big, big brother kind of a, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't want to over help. I, 
helicopter parent. But what I do want to do is to be intentional about what I'm giving my kids access to so that it can be appropriate developmentally for them. So what's that, what's that tension that you manage? Because Mm -hmm. here's where I struggle. We're not quite to the point where we feel like we should give our child a phone. He doesn't really even need it at this point, but I know your son. That's fourth grade, right? Mm-hmm. Fourth Ford, grader, yeah. yeah. And I know your son's in sports now. Yeah. He's in after school activity. Mm-hmm. So that's when I'm feeling like, well, he probably should have something. Yeah. Um, there's such a balance there because I feel like it's not good. This is this could go into a different podcast, honestly. I went to a private conservative mm-hmm. Christian college. So I remember the kids that would come, and I'm gonna pick on the girls that would come in like denim jumpers with embroidered stuff on it, and their first taste of any freedom away from their family was when they had a car, they were 18 and they had a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. And so I could tell you some stories that we don't really need to talk about, but where they kind of went the extreme other way. So I also have that in my head where I'm like, if I'm not coaching my kid with technology and I'm always saying no, they're going to get a phone when they're out of my house and then they're not going to have any guidelines or any coaching around it at all. So what's that balance that you guys find and how do you find it? Or maybe you're navigating that right now. Yeah, we're navigating it for sure. We don't have all the answers, but what I do know is that um, you want your kids to make mistakes while they're in your house. Yes. You know, so and when there's small consequences, when there's small consequences, <laughs> right. Right? right? And yeah, you don't want that kind of wild-eyed. I don't know how to navigate the world. Yeah. Kind of a, a system. Um, we talk a lot about what does this look like in adulthood, and then what's the scaffolding towards that, right? Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny that uh, we we have this thing that we do uh, that. Um, is I kind of made my own scouting system because um, the I just thought okay well these are the life skills that these kids want and I I uh, off of Amazon ordered these little like fake badges like Girl Scout Boy Scout badges that's awesome and so we have one that is called the roommate badge and we talk a lot <laughs> about the roommate badge and really I got that one because we were going to stay in a hotel and it was we were all going to be in the same room and I knew they were going to be jumping on the bed staying up all night and like <laughs> keeping me up and like loud opening the door that's for the bathroom hilarious. and leaving the light like don't be doing that when I'm trying to sleep yeah and so we talked about what does it mean to be a good roommate in order to get this roommate badge you have to be thoughtful about these things right I love that and so I kind of think that technology and how we're navigating that is a little bit like that right like here's ultimately where we want you to be and here are this small little micro skills that we're gonna affirm um, and we're gonna give you feedback on it while you're you know so I I want them to make mistakes but I also want to have really intentional conversations around Mm -hmm. it like don't leave that light on Everybody, do you see how everybody in this room right. is awake now? Right. Like, don't flush that toilet in the middle of the night, like in the hotel right. room, because it's loud yeah, and it woke yeah. me up, right? Someday you're going to be a roommate and you're not going to drink all the milk and not leave <laughs> it and leave the empty container That's in right. there, you know? That's right. Yeah, That's it was good. good. I love that. Hey, well, this is our time. That went super, super fast. Super it always fast. does. We have a couple things, though. Um, first, Sarah, thank you for your expertise. I have a feeling this is not our last conversation. The first of many. Um, But before you, we sign you off. Can you please tell us one of the stuff? What, if we had a stuff you love episode, Mm. what is something you would want? That's something you are loving right now that Mm -hmm. if you could evangelize for this thing, Mm. what is it? Uh, Did you know that there are stadium seats that are heated stadium seats? 
okay. that you can buy. And you put your little charging cord in it. You just charge it on up. And then when you're sitting there watching every child in the county run for you're three a track hours, mom. track, yeah. yeah, for three. I'm glad it's not soccer because soccer's every Saturday, every day, every <laughs> other week. You know, that's a hard, that's a yeah. hard life. You got to get an all weather egg. That's right. <laughs> but if you're gonna do that, you need to have a heated seat for the spring. And that's my new money love. Okay, where'd you get it? You can get it on Amazon. You can also get a heated blanket that has no cords. That just Ooh. you get a coat. Oh, right. Wait, wait, wait. I support around. this. This yeah. is a stadium seat. Mm-hmm. Is that just what you would search for on Google? A heated Stadi- stadium seat. Heated stadium yeah. seat. Love so it. you charge it, unplug charge it. it up, unplug How many it. hours does it last? I, In my world that I imagine, forever. <laughs> forever. Yeah, that's awesome. That is awesome. That's a good one. Magic. Hey, we also need to talk about our friends at Walnut Creek Foods. Yes. Leanne, you went there just today right before the recording mm-hmm. of this podcast sure did. and here's what i'd like to know for us to talk about our friends today at walnut creek foods what did you get i need to know and is oh. there something new that you got or that you saw that you're scoping out okay well first of all you know we both love their baking section well, with yeah, the bulk obviously. the bulk flour love the bulk it. sugar the yes. bulk. so i'm making some apple streusel muffins okay. this week and so I got, I, I like Granny Smith apples for baking. I yeah. just do. I they like the tartness. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they have bulk cinnamon there, which mm-hmm. I, I love their bulk spices because you can leave it in the plastic container as a, as a bulk item in your cupboard, right. or you can, you know, put it put in it a shaker. Yeah. So I got apples and cinnamon. I got some sugar. I got some flour. Did you get got, any candy? No. Did you get anything from their bakery? Yes. What did you get? I got some cinnamon bread toast. I love it. Oh, Oh, so good. And then I did get some, okay, at Walnut Creek Cheese, which is Walnut Creek Food Store. Right. In Walnut Creek. They have, my mouth's watering. They have, they have, they have servings of macaroni salad and potato salad. And the potato salad is made with shredded potatoes. So when I pack Daryl's lunch bucket every now and then, I'll put in the little treat of the (laughs) potato salad because he loves that shredded. Yeah. Because it has boiled, hard boiled eggs in it and, and shredded potatoes. But they have like, what I would call a single serving. Yeah. Um, so it's perfect for the lunch bucket. So I got some of that. I got some ham, awesome. some good Virginia. They're deli meats. Oh, they're deli I meats. I know. I got some good Virginia Well, ham. we are thankful for our friendship yes, and our partnership Yes, thank you so much, Walnut Creek, Creek Foods. Foods. And they are sponsoring our live our event. Our live event yes. that's coming up. Leanne, I didn't realize, and I'm, I feel like I owe people an apology because we got so excited about the live event that we released it two days before we actually talked about it on the podcast and it sold out by the time before that, the podcast yeah. aired, we kind of jumped the gun. Yeah, we did. So here's what, what we can say is we're playing another were one. like, I really wanted to go or I want to make an effort to get there. We are going to do it again. Yeah, we are. So we have, um, 25 people coming. Yes, it's going to actually be great. 27. I sold two extra tickets. I couldn't say no. You can't say no. Yep. <laughs> and we have some fun things planned. So it's going to be an interactive night. Walnut Creek Foods are going to be there for us to try. We're going to have frothy coffee. It's yes. going to be great. So fun. So yes. I, we really do owe everyone an apology to say, hey, we kind of jumped the gun yeah. and talked about it on Instagram before what? we talked about the podcast. And it was already sold out. Podcast. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, we apologize, but we are going to do it again. Yes, we are. Um, hey, well, thank you so much for joining us uh, with our friend Sarah Reith on this conversation about resiliency. You know, whether ordinary or extraordinary, we hope you see that these 
our good days. This episode brought to you by Walnut Creek Foods.